Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to you wherever you are listening or viewing from. I want to thank you for taking your time out to tune in. Today is episode number 274. I started All Things Therapy podcast five and a half years ago to as a way to change consciousness one conversation at a time. I love communication. It's so important. And each week I bring you a very unique guest or I'll do a solo show from time to time. Today I have a really wonderful guest that I'm going to introduce in just a few moments. I want to thank those of you that have been rating and reviewing this podcast on iTunes and the other platforms where it's available. It is so awesome to wake up to an email from and encourage you to do that. If you haven't, it really helps us a lot as podcasters to have those ratings and written reviews. The algorithm puts our show in front of more people. And because of that, I have been consciously rating and reviewing over 50 podcasts that I've been on in the last few months as a guest, as well as those that I enjoy listening to. So I'd really love you to do that for me in all things therapy, as it makes such a big difference. I want to direct you to my website. If you haven't been there, it is nolatherapy.com. It stands for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy.com, reflecting the two places that I live and I love. I'm currently today in Los Angeles. I'll be taking a short trip uh, to New Orleans to work on some Hurricane Ida repairs next week and then coming back to LA. I really delight and love being in both places, what they offer in unique and different ways. And on my website, you will see that my work reflects that. I offer you a range of, of things to access from an online class having to do with empowerment, I-N-powerment, sourcing from within yourself and bringing forth your gifts, your talents, your interests, your abilities. It is an online class featuring 20 specific psycho-spiritual tools that I use in my own life. Things like I'm holding up how to use a pendulum to confirm yes and no decisions, crystal grids, the power of affirmation, developing a morning routine, Ho'oponopono, prayer as a way to access forgiveness for yourself and others, books, 
authors that I have learned from, and that's all available at NOLA Therapy, as well as a link to purchase my book, The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness. It is endorsed by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama, which is such an honor to me to have received the endorsement of His Holiness, who said that he knows that my book outlines the way that people really heal through empathy, forgiveness, using meditation, and he believes that it will benefit many. There are links to order my book at nolatherapy.com, as well as uh, a synopsis about it, so you can see if it resonates with you and for you. And the show is brought to you by my sponsors. Today, I want to feature Audible. Audible is an awesome audiobook platform that I am sure you're familiar with. If you're not already a member and accessing their audiobooks, go ahead and take a 30-day trial for free as my listener, as well as a free audiobook download. Check that out by going to audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy. That's all one word. And actually, my book is on there, The Chiron Effect. I am the narrator. I spent over a month in the recording studio bringing to you with my heart, my mind, my spirit, everything I put in that book to help you heal your areas of vulnerability and release shame from your life and just really be who you came here to be. So check out audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy and reach out to me to schedule sessions by phone, Skype, FaceTime, or Zoom, Lisa at nolatherapy.com or through my website and at social media, NOLA Therapy. So my guest today, I'm really excited to connect with her and share her with you all. Emily Williams is a success coach. She's a money mind, mindset expert, and I'm really interested to learn from her today because she does something uniquely different from what I do as a therapist and that many of my guests offer. She has handcrafted and created her own life, offering you the tips and tools and techniques that she's transformed her own life with. She is the host of I Heart My Life podcast. She is a speaker, a teacher. She's author of I Heart My Life. It's a guidebook for women to change their mindset and specifically their relationship to and with money. Emily, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy to learn from you because again, what you offer, I know you just, you and your husband, James, who is an awesome certified high performance coach, you both offer so much in your workshops around the world. You are you're working on a uh, masterclass that you're offering right now, moved from Santa Barbara to Austin, a lot of moving parts in your life. And I'm wondering where you want to begin with us today. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, I think for me, I always love to share a little bit about my story and what brought me here to help people understand why I'm even qualified to teach about money mindset and to support people in transforming their money blocks and creating a life that they love. Yeah. So for me, I have a background in psychology and I always thought that I was going to go and get a master's in psychology. And I actually applied to 12 schools around the United States, went to visit all of them, got into almost all of them and ended up going to or uh, deciding to go to Northwestern in Chicago. 
And in the summer of 2008, I was actually driving there. My mom was driving and I was in the passenger seat. And I got this feeling in the pit of my stomach, like this was not the right next step for me. And so we literally turned the car around, went back to Ohio, and I entered into a full-blown quarter-life crisis where I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. I felt completely lost, like a complete failure. And for a good five years or so, I was just kind of floundering around trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I know a lot of people can resonate with that. So I always like to start the the story there. You know, how how old were you when you had that quarter-life crisis, Emily? 22. Wow. So what did you do? So I started to pay attention to some of my instincts about what I wanted to do next. There were so many question marks, of course, but I started to get sort of um, intuitive hits about what the next steps were for me. And one of the things I kept hearing was move to London. And this was like a crazy thing. No one in my family had ever left Ohio. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, and for anyone who's done a lot of this work, you know, kind of the crazy or the intuitive hit, that's, that's not yours. You could never have thought of it. And so it's your job to trust that. And so I decided I was going to figure out how to make that happen. And the only way I could get there was by applying for a student visa. The only issue was I didn't want to do psychology anymore. So I didn't really know what to do. Um, So I kept tuning in and I heard, write a book. I'd always wanted to write a book. So I actually applied for a master's in nonfiction writing and got a student visa, moved to England in the summer of 2018 and literally knew no one, but kicked off my life there. Wow. I kind of thought, you know what, I've got it all figured out now. But the truth is my quarter life crisis followed me across the pond. And for a while I was a nanny. I worked at Starbucks. I did all the random things. And yes, Mm -hmm. I wrote a book, but I also realized there was still something missing. And it wasn't until about 2013 when I discovered coaching that everything started to fall into place. So that's kind of the background of that part of the story. You know, I'm nodding my head avidly for those of you watching. And it's my understanding that you started I Heart My Life in 2014. Is that accurate? So it was a year after this time that you're describing? Exactly. And I I sort of came up with that idea because for so many years, I did not love my life Mm. and I didn't know what to do to change it. But I discovered the world of coaching and I also started to dive into personal development. And so what I did was simple exercise, like exercises like practicing gratitude. So writing out my gratitude list, even on the crappiest of days where my whole list was literally, you know, I got a pumpkin spice latte or somebody opened the door for me. And then I actually started working with a coach at something called the happiness clinic because I couldn't figure out why I wasn't happy. And so I started to do all these things to try and be happy and to fall in love with myself and my life. So the idea for I heart my life came to be. And it really just came out of my own struggle and my own desire to help other women experience everything that they wanted and also learn how to be happy. You know, and your work, it it centers upon money. And you talk about something called a money story that I want to hear you describe to us and for us. Yet when I was reflecting on having you on and just thinking how money represents the way that we move through the world, it, it sets the tone for experiences that we can have versus not have. So how, how do you approach this with people and what is our money story? 
Yeah, great segue. So for me, when I started my business, I had no clue what I was doing. I had this desire, but I had to learn everything because although I grew up with entrepreneurs, I hadn't gone to business school. I had never started an online business. So I was kind of going through the motions, trying to figure out myself. But then I realized that was really the the slow path to everything that I wanted. So at the time, though, I was $30,000 in credit card debt and $90,000 in student loan debt. And so it didn't cross my mind to hire hire somebody to help me. The thing that happened though, is I discovered a coach who I knew would be able to help me. And my husband lent me his credit card to sign up for the program. And that was a big deal because he was only making about $35,000 a year. And the program itself was $7,500. Okay. And I, yeah. And I share that because I got the support that I needed. And my coach was actually a money mindset expert herself. And so she introduced me to this concept of money story. And essentially, our money story is just our set of beliefs around money. And normally, as children, our money mindset is solidified by the time we're about seven or eight years old, based on what our parents and society teach us about money. And so I'm starting this business not knowing I have all of these limiting beliefs and negative mindset chatter about money. And then I'm expecting to get on sales calls and sell. I'm expecting Mm. to put my products out there and actually make money. And as you can imagine, that's a disconnect. If you don't believe that sales is a positive thing or you're nervous to raise your prices or you don't want to put yourself out there, then you're not going to do it. And what you're saying is so important when you raise the issue of belief and what we believe to be true. And our beliefs are often emotionally charged. And that's what really manifests things in our lives. And so to be aware and conscious, how how did you shift your beliefs around money and it being accessible and even flowing and abundant? And how are you teaching that today? Yeah. So during that period of time where I was uncovering my own money blocks, I realized I needed to apply that to my work with my clients. And so there was a period of time in the beginning of building my business where I went through 54 no's in a row. So I got on all these sales calls and everyone said no. And what I realized was that I was stopping the call too soon. So I would have people say, oh yeah, I really want to work with you. And then the next breath they would say, but I can't afford it. And what I realized through doing my own work was we need to take it one step further and figure out what is the fear that's actually running the show here, because it's not about the money. There's plenty of times where people will find the money for the thing that they really want. And so there must be something else going on beneath the surface. And I also realized I could help other people figure out how they could find the money. So maybe it is really true that someone doesn't have the money sitting in the bank account, but just like I did, I was resourceful and figured out a way to make it happen. So oftentimes we're scared to talk about money. We don't want to have the conversation, which is a money story in itself. Mm -hmm. If you grew up with parents who refuse to talk about money, that tells you something, right? And now you have to rewrite that programming. So what I started to do was just ask people how I could help them. Can I help you find the money? Let's look at this. Is there a fear going on right now that's not about money? Do you just not trust yourself to do the work? Are you scared of putting yourself out there? Are you worried about what your partner or your parents are going to say? So I got curious and right there on the phone started asking questions. And that transformed everything. And I actually went from $442 in July 2014 all the way up to seven figures in the next 18 months. I've so I created that. a seven-figure business in 18 months. Yes. And that truly was because I changed my money mindset and then was able to help other people do the same. Well, and I love the part about you started to ask them these questions, like, how can I help you find this money? And what is this about? And that in that moment, you were 
saying these things to people that I'm sure they didn't expect. I don't know that I've ever had a call like that, to be honest, Emily, where somebody's like, well, how can I help you find that money? And what is this more deeply about? And it sounds like that really ignited within them this desire to work with you. They're feeling connected and that it changed your life and theirs. Yeah. And it started with me changing my core beliefs around money, because the thing is, there are plenty of people who get on the phone and they have the whole story. Of course, they have friends and family who will listen to that story, maybe even therapists, which is great. But I wanted to get them out of that. Right. And so I wanted to show them a reflection of, okay, this is your desire. You want to start a business. You want to change your life. Great. So let's move towards that. Let's be solution oriented. And I don't buy your story that you don't have the money. I buy the story that you are resourceful and you can do this because at your core is this desire to do it. So that tells me that you're already capable. And so me reflecting that belief in them was something they hadn't experienced. And if you think for yourself, like we have enough people who we, you know, go into victim with and we go around and around about why we can't do something. People really want someone to have belief in them. And I always say, you know, I have my rich grandma method, which basically means I believe that everyone has a rich grandma in their corner who can fund their dreams. And that rich grandma could be a credit card company. It could be a loan. It could be uh, a personal relationship, somebody who lends you money. It could be that you sell something. But my core belief is that the money is always there. And so I go into calls not going to, I'm not going to buy anyone's money story or their excuses. If they really want to do it, they can do it. So that takes a lot of confidence, Emily. I'm thinking, how did you develop that confidence within yourself to even speak in this way to people? I saw it in my own life. So like I said, obviously my husband was amazing and lent me his credit card. But six months after I started my business, I'd hit six figures and I had a coach come to me and she said, you know what? I really see that you are capable of something big. And I had this program designed to help you get to seven figures and it's $125,000. And I was like, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? And I had seen the program out in, you know, the online space, but I thought to myself, that's not for me. I'm not even 30 years old yet. I, I just hit six figures. Why would I invest six figures? Okay. But I had this conversation with her and for whatever reason, her belief kind of transferred into me and I started to believe in myself. So I ended up signing up for that program and it was one of the things that helped me get to that seven figure level. And after that experience, it showed me what I'm capable of and it showed me how often we are just not even giving ourselves the opportunity to exceed our wildest expectations. And so there's a question on my podcast where I ask people, how do you create a life better than your dreams? Because you know, as well as I do, our mind can only take us so far. We're actually way more capable than we give ourselves credit for. And so when I started to believe in other people and believe in myself, I realized that's one of the key ingredients. And so when I did this for myself, it was like, okay, well, I have proof. And I started from less than nothing, over a hundred grand in debt, and I was able to do it. So if I can do it, you can do it too. So I'm feeling into right now, Emily, the, the listener listening to us, the viewer watching us, thinking about their own life, their own finances, like, where do I start? It feels overwhelming. How, how can you speak to that? Yeah, definitely. So the first thing is really identifying what your money blocks actually are. Um, Well, let me back up. The first thing is actually identifying what your desires are. So I knew I wanted to start a business. I knew I wanted to help people. Maybe that's your example. It could be something else. Maybe let's just start with something simple. You want to be able to shop at Whole Foods or you want to be able to take a vacation, right? That's the desire. 
And most people stop themselves from even going there because we worry about being disappointed. We worrying about being, we worry about being let down or, you know, just figuring out that we're not actually going to be able to have it. So then they, we keep ourselves separate from it. My goal for all of my clients and all of our students is that they really own what it is that they desire. And what I mean by that is you let it in and you trust that whatever you desire, it's a part of you. It's like your DNA and it's meant for you and it's possible. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And there's a lo- an amazing quote that I love. And it basically, just to sum up, it talks about how desire is really all about more life. And so when you think about it from that way, it means that it's not a bad thing to want more. That's actually what happens in nature. Nature is about more life. Okay. And so yes. really take that desire. Yeah. Take the desire and just run with it. And figure out how you can make it happen. At least go to the creative space of, okay, well, I want to take the vacation. Great. I'm going to look up the flights. I'm going to actually understand how much it costs, right? And then we can make a plan to make it happen. And when people do that, sometimes they come across certain roadblocks like I did, where you think to yourself, oh my goodness, well, how can I make this money? Or I could never go to Italy because, you know, I'm not somebody who goes to Italy or I could never fly first class or organic is a waste of money. And we recognize all these beliefs that are running the show and dictating all of our decision making in a way that's holding us back. And once you identify the beliefs, then you can start to shift the beliefs. Is that helpful? It is. I'm, I'm actually taking notes as you're speaking, Emily. I'm loving some of these nuggets. And I'm, I'm curious, do you have people write down, like, what is the actual process? Like, identify, like, I love when you said, you know, I want to shop at Whole Foods and buy yeah. anything I want, whenever I want. And then is there like a journaling process to release? Totally. And create? Okay. Yeah. So for me in the beginning, it was literally just writing out a list of all my desires. And it was like small things, like I just described shopping at Whole Foods, which may be a big thing for some people, to getting a manicure every week or once a month to big things. Like I want to own a home and just own a home, period. I want to buy a Range Rover. I want to fly first class, all of those. Yeah. And like I said, the first, like when you write it out and you start to acknowledge to yourself what it is you know you want, that in itself is huge because so many people are in denial. And they don't believe they can have what they want. So writing it out first. And I will say, if you don't know what your desires actually are, also ask yourself, what are you tolerating? That's such Mm. a great question to get the wheels turning. Maybe it's just like clutter in your office and you want to have a professional declutterer come in and help you. So all these little things on a regular basis we're tolerating and it's just creating a disconnect between us and the life that we want. You know, Emily, what you just hit on and what you spoke about earlier when we first started conversing, you you spoke about intuition and having this kind of like, I want to go to London. And it didn't make any sense. And you said something about when it's that random, when it's that, you know, wow, it's not necessarily yourself. It's like an intuitive hit. So I'm curious about how to discern, you know, what's our intuition, what's our desire, kind of what's the roadmap to understanding 
our own emotions and thoughts that we're having. I always tell people to start small so you can build trust with yourself. I mean, I started kind of big. Yeah. But that's kind of my personality. <laughs> yes. Right? Turning the yeah. car around, moving to London. That's that's pretty big. Um, but start small. Start with the things that you know would be exciting to you. And it should feel expansive. It shouldn't feel restrictive. It should be expansive. That's how you know it's for more life. So maybe, again, it's shopping at Whole Foods. I don't know, Lisa, is anything coming to mind for you? You know, for me, I for me, I took that step similarly when I, I woke up at 43 years old on my birthday and was like, I want to live in California. I was born and raised in New Orleans, and it was such like this random wild thought, and it was like, I have to do this now. I mean, it was like an emergency, and it felt so weird because it's not like I had even been thinking of that, yet I had the insight to know if you don't start doing this today – it's just never going to happen because I've heard people say, oh, I'll retire in California or wherever. But I knew that the older we get, you know, the less spunky we might be or be willing to do certain things. So I started to create that life here in Los Angeles by just taking a weekend trip I didn't tell anyone about. And I found an office and asked the owners, can I live here? I mean, I felt like the stuff coming out of my mouth was kind of crazy. I've never said these things because I couldn't afford a second home. But I knew if I waited to afford it, I might never do it. And the owners were like, okay, Lisa, we've never done this, but we get a good vibe. Sure, you can, you can live here. And they're like, we don't even know what we're agreeing to. And I showered at a 24-hour fitness two miles away, rented a car. And for a year and a half, I would spend a couple weeks a month in LA, like rolling around my rental car as a closet, showering at the gym, putting on makeup, going to events to meet new people, like looking awesome. But no one knew I'm living in my office. And and even for me, I was like, what the F are you doing? But it felt so right. And it's evolved. So I guess for me now, what more of that? I want to own a house here in Los Angeles. That's a dream. And um, really reach people like in a more powerful, what you know, worldwide, go speak around the world, do some of the things you are doing and James, your husband do. So that's definitely my desire. I love that. Thank you for sharing all of that. And that's exactly what I'm talking about here is you get this feeling like you're meant to do something. And I don't believe in bucket lists because it's easy to have a goal that's so far out in the future that you don't have to do anything about it. You got to bring yeah. your goals in and take action now. And yes, that's scary, but that's how it's supposed to feel, right? Like it's expansive. Yeah. It's something different. And so even you just acknowledging that right now, all those desires is so powerful and your mind starts to understand that this is going to be a part of you and it no longer rejects it as something foreign. And when we can create it in our mind, then we see it manifest in our reality. Yes. And so, okay. So then again, for the listener, for the viewer, like I feel you, Emily, I'm with you. I'm right here with what is the next step? How, yeah. where's the next place for us to go in this creation? So then be the observer. Once you have the desire and you acknowledge it just like you did, see what comes up for you. Because for a lot of people, it's like, oh, no, well, I could never do that. Or what will people think if I move to L.A.? Or what will people think if I say I want to speak on stages? Um, or, you know, you might have an insecurity about speaking on stages. Like we need to be the observer of what the limiting beliefs or the doubts are that are coming mm -hmm. up. And then we can identify those blocks and start to transform them, like I mentioned. So just to give you a tangible example for me, when I first yeah. started out, I had a ton of fear around being on camera. I had this insecurity about being on video that I had to work through. 
I also had this shame around the credit card and student loan debt I had. Mm. And so it was draining me thinking about all of this debt. And so I really had to work through that for myself and understand where does the belief come from that debt is wrong. And what I actually came to realize was, of course, there are tons of people in my life who told me that. But what I realized is that I didn't need to feel ashamed for my debt because I had it because I followed my dreams. I had it because of my education. So I'm not going to think of that as a negative thing anymore because that is not serving me. And so I practiced little things, which I like to call flipping the switch, where I literally, instead of saying... I don't have enough money or I'm so in debt, I would flip the switch to, I always have enough money for my desires. I am paying off my debt. I'm a successful woman. My debt doesn't define me like all of those phrases. And it sounds so cheesy, but we literally have to reprogram our mind just like we would reprogram a computer. You know, what you're sharing now, Emily, is causing me to think about you have success habits. And I wondered if you can share those with us, especially JFDI which I took a note on. Will you talk to us about your personal habits? Yeah. So JFDI really quick. I have to give credit to one of my previous clients for that one named Stacy. Her mom used to say it to her. Apparently it's just effing do it. Yeah. Right? And it's such a great reminder because how often are we waiting for the move to California, waiting to book the trip ticket? Like if there's anything on a bucket list, what would happen if you moved it to today? Wow. And for a lot of you, you would freak out and that's great because then we can identify what your blocks actually are but you'd be forced to start to take action towards that instead of waiting. So that's one thing I would say is just get clear around like what falls under the category of JFDI. And if you're not doing something that you know is going to give you the result that you want, like for me, getting on video, posting on social media, exercising, whatever it is, if you know something's going to get you the result or when it comes to money, investing in a coach, investing in somebody to help you grow your business. If you're not doing that, what's the block? And once you evaluate that, great. But you can also just take action right away and just do it instead of waiting for the perfect moment because we know that that's not going to come. Yes. And then another thing, like I said, is just having certain reminders around my house. So it can be as simple as post-it notes. Mm -hmm. When I was first transforming my mindset in this way, literally all around the house, on mirrors, on the refrigerator, I had all of my phrases. I always have enough money for all my desires. Or if there was a specific amount of money that I wanted to make, I would obviously get clear on what the plan is. But then say it's selling a coaching program, I would write a list of the amount of spots in the program and focus on it every single day and see those spots visually filling up. So anything you can do, maybe alarms on your phone. I'm a money magnet. I'm, and it has to be in present tense, by the way, like it's already happening. And then the final piece would be gratitude. So gratitude is like this magical elixir for creating a life that you love because it basically um, demonstrates that something has already happened. And so that's what we want to kind of portray to ourselves that this thing has already happened. And that's why I'm so happy and grateful that I have the house in California. I'm so happy and grateful I'm speaking on stages to 10,000 people, like whatever the goal actually is. And then our mind starts to say, okay, great. So this is actually real life. And then we manifest it in our life. Emily, this is so important. And I want to, I want to have time to talk about your podcast. I heart my life that I was a guest on. At what point did you, did you phase this in? And what was that inspiration for you? 
Yeah. So I kicked that off in 2018 and it's been such an amazing journey. So for me, I just wanted to be able to share incredible teachers and experts like yourself with my community and just have a variety of different conversations around creating a life that's better than your dreams. Because I really believe that our mind only takes us so far and we have so much more that we're capable of. So I wanted to be able to help women around the world to understand how to do that financially or in their business or career or with spirituality or in their relationships. So it's really about holistic success. Yeah. Um, talk about that. Yeah. It, I don't believe that it's just going to be our business that lights us up. Like <laughs> you deserve to be happy and that requires attention on a variety of different areas. Absolutely. And you know, it's hard to believe. I didn't know that you ever struggled around being on camera or social media. Your social media is so beautifully done and you present so well on camera and photos. And I'm curious if you could share with our listeners where they can find you on social media and the mastermind that I have been seeing pop up on Instagram. Thank you. Yeah. And just as a bit of a sidebar to that, you know, my husband will tell you my first video series shoot was a complete, I mean, it turned out well, but I was a complete wreck. And so, you know, it just goes make perfect anything that we put our mind to, especially with that JFDI mentality. If you know, it's going to create a result that you want, then you can figure out a way to make it happen. Yes. So for me, I have two websites. You can find me at emilywilliams.com, which is the coaching and consulting side of things. And um, the other website is I Heart My Life. And so that's more of our personal development, professional develop, development media brand. And then um, on Instagram, I'm on, on Emily Williams. And then you asked about the mastermind. Yeah. So we have this incredible Lux mastermind because I am all about luxury. I'm about creating yes. a life better than your dreams. And it includes a hybrid of group coaching, one-on-one coaching, and three retreats around the world, including wow. Bora Bora. So if anyone is interested, you can find out more about that on emilywilliams.com slash Lux. And that's L-U-X-E. That's awesome. And, you know, I think it's significant to bring up since you and your husband, James, work so closely together, what can you offer listeners and viewers? Because I think that's so beautiful and also hosts its own set of, I'm thinking, communication and, and how do you separate personal time versus professional time and some wisdom there for listeners and viewers, Emily, because I think it's a really unique situation that you and James have created. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Again, we could do a whole other episode on that. Um, But yeah, I mean, the main thing that I've learned is just about honesty and about owning who you are. And James and I are very different. So I run our companies and then he works in the companies and he is a certified high performance coach, as you mentioned. And so he has a lot of things that he's amazing at. And so do I, but we work very differently and I'm an introvert and he's an extrovert. So he'll be at the party until the very last second. I'll be good after an hour. And I used to make myself, I used to make myself wrong for those things. And I used to, or he used to make himself wrong for certain things as well. And what we realized is we just need to own who we are and be honest about who we are and also what it is that we want and do it in a way that's loving, but also unapologetic. We don't have to feel bad for doing things a certain way. There's not a right or wrong way, um, but we both have our strengths. And so we've learned what those are and how to actually communicate as well as work together and be together in a marriage. I think that's so important what you said, and especially you being more introverted, James being more extroverted, and even the nuance of he likes to be at the party till the end. And you're like, 
I'm, I'm done and not pushing that because that's yeah. when you start to overextend and, and just not feel good about yourself or what you're doing and the issues it can create in a relationship. So I think it's, it's great that you and he sensed those nuances. Yeah. And even yesterday we took um, a drive to a park where we were going to go for a walk. And I saw on you know Google maps, it was going to take 12 minutes to get there. And he was very chatty and I didn't want to talk. So I said, can I have 12 minutes of silence? And he's like, yeah, sure. So literally we're driving there in silence for 12 minutes. And then by the time we got to the park, I was good to go and I could have a conversation, but we just finished work and I just needed a bit of a transition period. And so again, just speaking openly and honestly with love about what it is that you need instead of expecting your partner to guess it and then going into resentment when they don't guess it properly. (laughs) Like there's so much that we can avoid just by being honest. No, what you did in saying that, because it's a risk to say something like that, yet it avoided you harboring a resentment, him not knowing what the, what the F, you know, is going on with Emily. Cause we, our emotions, they emote from us in different ways through our energetic field. And for you to just say that so neutrally and him to be like, sure. And I think that's beautiful. And, and such an example of more, what we need to see more of and be more of. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. What what other things are important for you today, Emily, that you want to share with our listening audience? Just current today for you, coming up even. Oh, good question. Um, I mean, today we had a team retreat, and or uh, sorry, a, a group retreat that was virtual. We're hosting an event this coming Saturday. And so for me, community is really important as the world starts to open up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I know that in person is so, so powerful. And just being connected to other humans, especially people who are doing personal development work. And I'm sure that's all of your listeners, Lisa. It's yeah. so, so powerful. I learned so much through relationships, not just my marriage, but also my friendships and, you know, my colleagues. So I would say that's been one of the things that that's also been transformational and even having the accountability of people to say, you know, it's time to raise your prices or that's priced too low, or you can do this. And, you know, just have that sounding board and other people who can reflect um, that belief in you when you don't have it for yourself. You know, what you just said, Emily, sparked something tying back into earlier when you're speaking about this process of identifying our beliefs that block money and abundance, health, wealth, the things that we truly want, identifying what we do want, what are our desires of more life, as you put it, and then the affirmations. When you spoke about, I as well have affirmations in my wallet, around my house, taped up and such. And I've noticed, and this came up as you were just speaking. Okay. So imagine we get up, we meditate, we do our practice to be in alignment, to intend a good day, feeling really awesome. And then we're encountering people throughout our lives, often friends, family that are of different mindsets that aren't doing what we're doing to create this life. And for me, sometimes I have a challenge where it's like, part of me wants to start almost teaching them like, oh my gosh, don't say that. What you're saying is wrong. Or I want to deflect or like, don't put that on me. And I start to feel some anxiety. Is my question making sense? I guess I'm asking, how can we, how can we cope with that and deal with the others in our lives that might not be on this journey and path in a way that's more easy and less uh, anxiety producing and, and challenging? 
Yeah, that's such a great question. And I definitely experienced that and still do sometimes. And I always say when someone's doing mindset work for the first time and really working on themselves, I think you have to be just realistic with yourself, for lack of a better word, about who you can be around. Because you're very susceptible to other people's energies and their beliefs um, as you're doing that work and you're transforming. So just like if somebody is an alcoholic and they're very recently in recovery, Maybe they shouldn't go to the party where there's tons of alcohol because they know that they could slip backwards. And again, the goal is not to never be able to be around anyone. That's not the goal. But in the beginning, when you're really transforming, put yourself into a high vibe group. Just like I did. I was in a group program with 200 women and we were all learning the same thing. We had coaches. I had a support system really ask yourself, who is your support system? And if you don't have one, that's going to be essential as you start to transform. Or someone like you, Lisa, if someone wants to book therapy, like you're the perfect support system. Thank you. Yeah. So be honest with yourself about what the reality is of your current situation. And then as you move forward, ask yourself, okay, are there people who aren't actually serving my life? And do I want to stay in relationship with them? Or do I not? Because I believe that some relationships are for a lifetime, but some are just for a season. And it's okay if they're no longer um, in alignment. And so get real with yourself about who's adding value to your life and who's not. And be, you know, loving, but also unapologetic about whether that relationship has come to an end um, or how much time you want to spend with them. Or do you want to act, do you actually want to answer the phone call? And then as you get stronger and stronger, I do feel it gets easier. But of course, there's going to be moments where people activate you. And I think Mm -hmm. that's where you have awareness around, okay, well, what is coming up for me? Why is this coming up? Because relationships are our greatest teachers. And we learn so much about our own blind spots from being in relationship. You know, I love what you're offering here because it is true. It like to, to learn to not be so affected by other people's energy and their vibration, especially when it's different than ours. And I know I listen to a lot of Abraham Hicks and, and shifting my mindset and belief system. Have you? Yeah. Have, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I figured that. so. Yeah. I mean, and I know Esther will talk about, you know, when your vibration is strong and solid, it doesn't matter what others believe or think, because we are emanating. Our, we are our own transmission tower in life, sending out to the universe our signal. Life is reflecting back to us that signal. And so for me, being empathic, I'm so aware of other signals that it's been for me a mindset, a mindset work of, you know, really being the most strongly connected to my signal, even though I'm perceiving others. And I'm just wondering, since you're, you know, you're introverted and I sense sensitive as well, how do you manage? Like, do you have certain techniques or tools that help you in this area? Yeah, definitely. So I'm big on setting intentions and just getting clear on how I want to feel. So if I know I'm going into a situation that's going to be challenging, whether it's with, you know, somebody who has activated me in the past, just getting clear on what do I want to experience in this moment? How do I want to show up? Um, And then going in with that intention, that's been huge for me. I also had a coach teach me that it's about um, boundaries, not barriers. Because I think so often we want to put up like this huge, you know, mountains that people can't get across. But when I think about myself having a bit of a barrier in um, different events or wherever I'm going, that really helps me. It's almost like a visual of protection. So I know that I don't have to let that energy in and that my energy is strong enough essentially to like, have that barrier. 
And then I would also say just boundaries in general around how much I want to coach, how much I want to have interaction with people, like what feels really good for me. And I think especially as business owners, we think it's one size fits all and we need to create a business like everyone else is doing. And, you know, especially as your company grows, you still need to be accessible and all of that. And I've just tried to tune in to what feels in alignment for me and um, whether it's less calls or less interaction, which has definitely been the case over the last few years. Um, that's worked for me because I know myself and I'm not like my husband who will talk to people all day, every day. Right. Yeah. And you've learned that about yourself. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm thinking Emily for you, you know, an author, podcaster, speaker, teacher, uh, I know I sense that touching lives just lights you up and like really being out there, you know, with your community and your groups, cause you do so many in person events is, is, did you ever know that your life would look like this? I guess going back to 22, having that quarter life crisis and where you are today? No, not at all. Short answer. My dad says that my first word was money. So I guess that's an indication. Good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But no, I never knew I'd be impacting people in this way. I always felt like I was meant for something big, which I hear a lot um, from the women in my community. And of course, something big looks different to everyone. Uh, But I had this inner knowing that I was meant for something big. But no, I did not have it all mapped out. I like to think of it as, you know, just following the breadcrumbs and the things that really lit me up because that's exactly what happened. I discovered coaching that excited me. I just kept kind of following those breadcrumbs and figuring out as I went along. And this year I actually pivoted my company big time. We shut down certain programs. We split it into two different separate entities. Mm -hmm. And that all stemmed from me waking up on New Year's Day, not being able to breathe, realizing I was building the wrong business. Wow. And so I'm like constantly tuning in to what is an alignment for me? What Mm. feels good? What's the next step? And although I do have the big picture vision and that's how I knew I wasn't in alignment, um, there's a lot about the how that I still don't know that I'm figuring it out, figuring out. And I think that's important to say as well. You know, Emily, I haven't asked anyone this, but I feel led to since you started with this beautiful story, pivotal at 22 and here you are today and all the transformation and change you've brought to your own life and like tens of thousands of others. What would you tell that 22 year old self? What are some of the things you'd want her to know that you know today? Oh, that's such a beautiful question. I love thinking about that. Uh, Ultimately, I would tell her not to worry because I feel like I spent so many years worrying about getting it right, not having all the answers and to just trust and trust that my heart is guiding me and I don't have to worry about anything. Um, Simple as that. And everything's going to turn out better than you could have ever expected. You know, I love that. And I ha- I'm i feeling like, wow, I pulled an Oracle card this morning and it says, if you can see, no need to worry. Oh my gosh. Isn't that, I have like kind of like goosebumps as you're speaking. I love that. Like, totally, What would you tell yourself, Lisa? You know, I would tell her to believe in yourself. You got this. Like to trust, Lisa, trust your sense of people, places and things. Don't talk yourself out of it to be polite or perceived in a certain way, like really go with your gut because it's sharp and accurate to really trust myself and my intuition. Yeah. Yeah. I want to thank you for taking your time out today to be with us, Emily. You're powerful, you're beautiful, radiant, and wise. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. You're welcome. And tell James I said hello. I will. And I just wish you the best of everything. Thanks, Lisa. You as well. 
Thank you. Bye, Emily. That concludes my show today with Emily Williams. Go to emilywilliams.com or iheartmylife.com. Check out her podcast, I Heart My Life, on iTunes, everywhere podcasts are found. And please go rate and review All Things Therapy if you have not. Thank you. I hope you have the best end of your week and weekend, and I'll be with you next week. All of my love. Mwah. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.